With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And welcome to the debut edition of Embrace Debate. Carolina Panthers here on the Fans First Sports Network on the Keep Pounding Sports Network here for you, the podcast network. Brand new debut today. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, and uh, joined by my boys Cody from the C3 uh, Cat Chronicles and from Monty for uh, the four-man rush. They're going to be with us here every week uh, debating Panther-centric topics. No, No Rams, no commanders no cowboys i know you get enough of that on the other spots this is straight this is straight uh carolina panthers we're gonna have a lot of fun with it you can actually join in on this uh conversation while we're having it as well as uh jd found us here already good morning to you too sir um you can join in on the debate side here this with a little bit different type of debate tops uh type show um go to either youtube.com forward slash at tobacco road sports radio or you can go to the Facebook watch page and you can actually type in your comment there and get a reaction from Monty or Cody or myself. Um, the way this works, <laughs> I've basically gone through and picked out a number of different debate topics for us to get going on here. And uh, Monty and Cody will get after it. Uh, if you guys follow them on Twitter, you see the banter, you see the fun there. And uh, we're going to have a lot of that every Monday morning at 1030. The audio version of this will be on the Fans First Sports Network. Just look up the Keep Pounding Podcast Network on Google. Go rate, subscribe. Uh, as new episodes come in, you'll be able to catch those. This should be up right around about noon or so uh, later on today. Guys, let's go ahead and get this thing popping, man. But before we start, how's your Mondays? How are you doing? Doing good, man. Listen, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy for the opportunity to be a part of Embrace Debate. Listen, man. Uh, me, me and Monty, we go back and forth all the time. So we might as well make it a weekly occurrence where we, we well. go after yeah. each other, man. So <laughs> I, I, I'm happy to be here, happy to be a part of it, happy to be here with you, Desmond. Uh, and I'm pumped, man. I'm ready to get going. Monty, what's up, man? How you doing, baby? What's going on, fellas? Uh, man, hey, man, Monday, Monday is we're, we're back at it again. But, you know, the hustle starts all over again. You know, the you know that that race starts all over again. So yeah, I'm with Cody. Proud to be here. Thankful, you know, that, that you brought us back. You know, that definitely, you know, it's going to be fun uh, packing Cody up, you know, for, you know, on a weekly basis now. So, <laughs> so, so, so nah, man, like I said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be here, man. So, so let's do it, fellas. And we got some more. Uh, the Cat Cave will, will debut sometime later this week, too. Ryan Frick from Tap Outs and Touchdowns and Michael Davis from Out of Pocket with Michael Davis have joined forces. They'll have a, a, a podcast on this channel as well a little bit later on. And a couple surprises. Got a couple of things haven't announced yet, but we got a couple more uh, in pre-production that are going to join us as well. Our, our goal is to be your home for the best Carolina Panthers content uh, out there going forward in the podcast platform. So uh, you guys, uh, we got people already streaming in. Uh, Bad Daddy, what's up, Carolina Panthers family? What's going on, man? Uh, everybody kind of coming in, checking out what's going on here. Oh, by the way, check out Believe in Carolina Panthers, myself, uh, Skylar Callahan from Sports Illustrated, and the Panthers all-time leading rusher, Jonathan Stewart. That usually drops 
uh, later in the week in the offseason, probably around about Thursday or so. We'll get to that. We're doing a series on the, the top four quarterbacks in this draft uh, and doing some analysis on them. Let's actually start off with that, the top four quarterbacks in this draft. Uh, first question for today out of the top four quarterbacks in the 2023 NFL draft, which would make you angry if the Panthers picked them at number one and why? It's a little bit of a different uh, approach to this as opposed to who would you like for them to take? Who would you hate for them to take at number one? Um, Cody, let's start off with you. Out of these four quarterbacks, Anthony Richardson at Florida, Bryce Young at Alabama, CJ Stroud at Ohio State, and Will Levis at Kentucky. If the Panthers took one of those, which one of those, if the Panthers took them, would make you furious? Oh, easily. It's that mayonnaise monster, Will Levis. What are we talking about, man? Look, uh, listen, uh, yeah, that's the mayonnaise monster. That's what I call him, bro. And and, and, yeah, listen, if you're going to be drafted number one, the pick is either CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. If you're going to go up to number one for Will Levis or Anthony Richardson, Anthony Richardson provides that upside that you love. I get a lot of Josh Allen type of vibes from him. Cannon for an arm. He can use his legs to burn you on the ground. But it's reasonable to say that he probably needs another coat of polish, maybe a year to sit behind a veteran uh, in order for him to be able to start. His upside is so high that I would get over it fairly quickly if we drafted Anthony Richardson number one. But overall, Will Levis, to me, there is just so much on his film that just terrifies me, man. Uh, I don't think he's consistent going through his progressions. I think his footwork is off a lot of the times. And he's, to be frank, he's kind of injury prone. So, yeah, my answer is uh, is easily that uh, that banana peel eating, eating guy over from Kentucky, bro. See, personal, yeah, I don't know if me – see, I don't think me and Monty can call him mayonnaise monster. I think that would be a problem. I don't <laughs> so, <laughs> Monty, who's your side of the four that, you, that would be furious? If oh, you man. Um, I, I, you know, after Cody, I, you know, I don't know what, what to say there. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I can't say I would really be upset with any of them. I've been – you know, I've been on record being a high on all of them. I like, I, you know, started the process liking all four of them. That was when we were at nine, you know, now being at one, I think, again, what Cody said, there's only two options, realistic options, and that's CJ Stroud and Bryce Young. I probably would, yeah, we would be ready to throw something if we drafted a little Levis, but uh, I, I, but I think we all know that's not realistic. <laughs> yeah, I, I think now coming off of it, you know, after looking at Tate and just not having to pick, QB three or four, and having we have a chance of one or two. Yeah, I would probably be living if we drafted Levis. Yeah, Levis seems like the one that's kind of fallen uh, after the combine, after the team dinners, and all that stuff. I think it's sounding like he's really cocky uh, in these interviews, yeah. um, and, and everyone's like, "What are you cocky for? You played at Kentucky. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, why are you playing here? Year, yeah. yeah, you weren't even he, that great last year. So he also comes off like that jock." that would be stuffing a nerd inside of a locker in high school. Like yeah, he's yeah, a, yeah. He's just, it kind of has that, that pompous kind of arrogance about him. I mean, I've never met the dude in my life, but uh, there's rumors like that he's, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, dude, like you wouldn't mind running to him. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, it, I've also heard rumors that he's not doing very well throughout the interview process. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I don't know, man. Thing. So, yeah, and I noticed he's picked up about 15 pounds of muscle uh, in the past, like, 12 months, too, because he's kind of oh, – Yeah, all oh, of a sudden, he got huge. 
Um, but he's yeah. at that Mel Kuyper stamp of approval. And you know how that goes. The last one I think we had like that that we actually brought in here was Jimmy Clausen. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, this is the guy, Mel Kuyper, if I'm not mistaken, he's the one that was wanting uh, Blaine, Gla- uh, Blaine Gabbard over Cam Newton and was like touting yeah. him like hard, like a Blaine Gabbard, Blaine Gabbard, Blaine Gabbard. I don't know about Cam Newton. I don't know. I don't know. So that's yeah. a. That's an interesting one there for sure. So I think it's pretty. I believe safe. he called Josh Allen. I believe he was right about Josh Allen or Lamar. I believe those were one quarterbacks. He was yeah, right. I think so. everybody was pushing for Lamar to switch positions, which is insane right. in hindsight. But yeah, yeah you know that's, that's pretty crazy too. Got Monty in here. Got Cody in here to embrace debate on the Keep Pounding uh, Carolina Panthers podcast network here on FFSN. Um, let's hit this one real quick. Embrace debate. Panthers have pick thirty nine currently. It's a high second round pick. Would you trade down for more picks or would you grab best player available? Melanie, we're going to start off with you. I, I'm going best player available. Uh, it, I believe it just depends on, uh, you know, who's there. Uh, there's a, If there is a run on defensive ends um, and we can't find a, you know, a day one starter at linebacker or corner, I'm probably considering trading back. I believe that there's going to be, you know, one of those options there at 39, though. You know, I believe we, we position ourselves where we can't go best player available. There realistically could be a you know a first round talent that falls to thirty nine, you know. So you're still within those those first forty picks there. So you know, so you're still going to get a very good player. So um, yeah, I'm I'm getting the best player available, you know, and I believe that's going to be a defensive player to be honest. Cody, your retort: best player available, or are you uh, you trade down for more picks? No, I mean uh, I'm staying at thirty nine, but more specifically, I'm getting Brian Burns some help on the other side of this defensive line. Far too long. We have depended on Brian Burns to be our primary pass rusher. And then we always have this debate on whether or not he is an elite NFL edge rusher. And, and it's because he's out there by himself. He's the only one consistently getting into the backfield, getting pressure on the quarterback. That cannot happen anymore, especially now that you have a Rivero and we're going to be moving to that 3-4 defense. We need another 3-4 outside linebacker and we need another 5-tech defensive end. So I, I wouldn't be mad at either of those. I really love um, B.J. Ojolari out of LSU. I think he has an incredibly high upside. Uh, also, Isaiah Foskey out of Notre Dame is a player that I've come on to recently that I think would be a tremendous addition for the Panthers. We have to get some more pass rush, man. If we're going to go quarterback round one, we have to get someone who's going to get after the quarterback in round two. Amen. DJ Fishnipples saying uh, Cody and Monty are agreeing on things and uh, in shock here. Don't worry. I'm going to get into a spot here in a bit where we'll, we'll get the fireworks going. Don't, don't I don't know worry. what's crazy. Me and Monty agreeing or a guy named DJ Fishnipples. That's, <laughs> that's wild. <laughs> Those are things I'm not missing. Those are things I'm not <laughs> that's gonna pop up in all of our heads around like 4 45 this afternoon just randomly dj fish nipples we're like what <laughs> so, um about to get crazy in here embrace debate uh carolina panthers here uh this beautiful monday morning april the 10th 2023 uh let's go on to question number three here panthers biggest need on defense nice segue here from uh that previous question is it cornerback is it defensive end or is it a position i didn't type up there uh cody you were uh talking about how we needed uh, it sounded like you're leaning defensive end. Um, is that where you're saying here on the defense? They need a defensive end more than anything else, or is there another position that we're overlooking? I mean, listen, I wouldn't mind another corner. Uh, you know, listen, I, I love Dante Jackson, but he's he's really had that injury bug the, the past few seasons. So I wouldn't mind another corner. But, yeah, I kind of said it in my last answer. We have to get some more help 
rushing the passer. I think we've all been kind of fairly disappointed with the development of YGM. Uh, we expected him to come on in a bigger way than he actually has. And Derek Brown, he's great in the middle. He gets a lot of pressures, but he's never really going to be that Aaron Donald type of pass rusher from the middle of your defensive line. You have to get after the quarterback. And I think going to a 3-4 defense is part of the reason why we made that move is because we want to be aggressive. We want to put them in third and long situations and you have to hit the quarterback, especially at a time with the NFC South. It's kind of a dumpster fire right now. Like you can legit make the case that the Panthers have the best chances to win this division. So when the division is down, you need to be aggressive. And I think to me, that's either a defensive end or another three, four outside linebacker. You are right about that with the division being down. I was just thinking about the the quarterbacks around the uh, NFC South right now. I don't know who the Falcons are trotting out, I guess, Desmond Ritter, um, unless they get lucky in the draft or something, because uh, all the free agent quarterbacks are pretty much gone. Baker Mayfield looks like he's going to be the starter in Tampa Bay. Bless their hearts. So we'll see what <laughs> we'll see what happens down there. That's and fine. then Derek Carr in New Orleans. But New Orleans feels like their roster is getting older. So And Dennis Allen's never won anything. So – it kind of is wide open for the Panthers here. They seem like they're in the best position. Uh, Monty, your thoughts here. Panthers' biggest need on defense going into this 2023 NFL draft. Is it at cornerback or is it at defensive end? Or is it a different position altogether? Yeah, I, Cody's still in my notes here today. Um, I, I, I believe it's defensive end again as well. Um, you got to go pass rusher, um, whether it be outside linebacker or defensive end. You know, I, I like Ojalary as well. Uh, the guy I've been high on the, you know, this whole time is Felix Sanyu, D.K. Uzama. Um, the guy from Kansas, Kansas State, I believe he's going to be a stud as well. So, uh, but yeah, I believe you got to add somebody to pair uh, with Brian Burns. Uh, you know, we we really lost. Uh, you know, we took a big hit with losing Hassan Reddick last year, and I feel like you know you got to find a way to you know to kind of dampen that uh, you know that that load there or, or soften that load there. I'm sorry. So um, yeah, you got to get another uh, edge rusher. Um, I, I believe we have a lot of depth at edge. You know, I know a lot of people are high on Barno. Uh, a lot of people are high on Haynes, but I, I do believe we need a day one starter uh, at day at 39. I believe you can get that. You know, I believe you can get a, a potential day one starter at 39 at edge and, and you know, and then kind of, uh, you know, solidify that defense there. So, but I, I wouldn't be mad at a corner either. I think Cam Smith is a realistic option at 39 as well. Um, you know, because because Cody hit it on the head as well. Um, Dante Jackson has been injured the last couple of years and, you know, you do need depth at corner. And if JC goes, um, you know, if he's down, we're, you know, we're, we're kind of, uh, you know, thin at corner as well. So, and I wouldn't be mad at Cam Smith at 39, but I, I do believe we need another pass rusher. And I was going to mention that because I was going to push back slightly on both you guys with that, with the uh, cornerback or DE, because if I recall, we missed the playoffs because we ran out of cornerbacks uh, versus yeah. Tampa. Like literally, like yeah. we literally were playing third and fourth string cornerbacks and uh, Tom Brady realized it <laughs> and just kind of went to school. It was probably the last good game Tom Brady played was actually that game. Um, so I, and plus, uh, Dante Jackson coming off of the torn Achilles. I don't know if he's going to be ready for the start of the season. So what are we looking at here? We're looking at JC Horn who actually hasn't finished the season, uh, without entry yet. Uh, and when he's out there, he's one, of, I think top five cornerbacks in the league, but he's yeah. got to finish the season. And then you got CJ Henderson, I guess, on the other side, uh, former top 10, uh, draft pick out of the 2020 draft. Then in your back, foot, you got Von Bell, you got, Xavier Woods, you got Jeremy Chin kind of going back and forth from like a Palomalu hybrid type linebacker safety wanderer type role. Um, I think I would lean more towards cornerback the way that it sounds like they're going to play defense. But and that's mainly because of Dante's injury situation. If he hadn't gotten injured in the year, I'm like all for D.E. But 
I'm scared to death with the way the league is today that you can never have enough cornerbacks. Uh, I think you can get by with uh, exotic looks and blitzes and things of that sort with just one main DE. I do agree they do need to get somebody else for the other side if they're going to extend Burns. Um, the good thing is they're in a position where they don't have to force anything. They can just kind of let the board come to them with all the moves they've done in free agency. Uh, Cody in here and Monty in here. Uh, you guys can participate too. If you have a question you'd like for them to debate about, you can actually put it in the comment section. There's a couple that are piling up over here on the side that I'm going to actually use here at the end um, of this uh, episode. So definitely you can chime in. Uh, you can give your thoughts on what we're talking about, like G-Baby. I thought Burns was elite, though. We need to build the – well, I can't cuss on here, man. We can't. We need to build the wall. Both guards are injured. We need more protection for Bryce the Truth Young. Um, well, I, I avoided that whole which quarterback should we get question because we've talked about that off and on. As we get closer to the draft, we'll probably deal with all the quarterbacks next week. Um, Chris and Athena, you can get Darius Rush or Riley Moss at 93 and also get Jack Campbell at 39. I've seen that name pop up a couple of times, Jack Campbell, the yeah. uh, middle linebacker. Where does he play again, or where did he play? Uh, he played I, Iowa. Iowa. He, uh, he would also be a stud to add to your defense, you know, even if he's not a, you know, an immediate pass rusher. I think, you know, he he facilitates that middle linebacker position for the next 10 years, you know, so. Yeah. And we have, good, we have, he's also been training with Luke Kigley. Yeah. So hey, that's you know that 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 should tell you something, man. Yeah, cool little and we yeah, now, man. I, I love how these uh, topics have segued into each other because the very next one I had up actually has to do with middle linebacker uh, with the Carolina oh. Panthers. Uh, embrace debate. Panthers uh, pick one to start: Dan Morgan or John Beeson. I'm going John Beeson. Go 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 ahead, Monty. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah, I didn't, I didn't mean to jump in. Um, I'm going John Beeson. I'm probably a little more partial. Uh, you know, he was one of my favorite linebackers in college when he played for Miami. You know, so mm-hmm. he was. You know, I, I I was a huge John Beeson fan when he was coming out of college. Um, yeah, man, and and I I'm again I'm probably more partial. Uh, I believe injuries kind of you know halted his uh, Hall of Fame career in my opinion. You know, he would have been a you know potential Hall of Fame linebacker. Um, I. I Morgan also was a little before my time. You know, I, I was I was very young when Morgan. Like I remember Dan Morgan, but I you know I wasn't. I was gosh when when he was very good. I'll probably lose like ten. You know, oh so man, I'm like, like old. He was just before you know just before oh, my God. time. Or, so yeah, I, I'm I'm probably leaning Beeson. Cody. Yeah, so listen, uh, you know, Dan Morgan is also kind of a little bit before my time. My first year oh, as, a, as a, I, I mean, no, listen, I, mean, I definitely know of him. My first year as a diehard Panthers fan was 2011 because we drafted Cam Newton, and I've been a fan ever since. But I've done, you know, I've done my due diligence. I've gone back into the history of this team I love, and uh, I do think it's Dan Morgan. I mean, Dan Morgan was Luke Kuechly before Luke Kuechly was. And it's funny because they had a similar end to their career with the head injuries and the concussions kind of being what led to their retirement. But, uh, you know, having 23 tackles in the Super Bowl, that, that's a big deal for Dan Morgan. And I feel like that original Super Bowl team, you know, I know Julius Peppers was the, the big name that everybody associates with that 2003 Carolina Panthers defense. But Dan Morgan was kind of like the unsung hero flying around, making plays, shooting through gaps, and just overall being a dominant middle linebacker. And he kind of started that trend of the Carolina Panthers having quality linebackers in the middle of their defense. So 
Yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say Dan Morgan on this one. You know, it's crazy too because you know Don Capers is back with the the team, the 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 first uh, head coach for the Carolina Panthers, and he came from the Pittsburgh Steelers and uh, their defensive side of things. And you're right, uh, the one thing the Carolina Panthers, I guess you could say that they're known for is having that middle linebacker um, going all the way back to Sam Mills, uh, then Dan Morgan, then John Beeson, and then Luke Keekley. Uh, Dan Morgan, like I said, y'all are making me feel old. I'm 45. So when Dan Morgan was running around, I'm like in college, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, this is Panthers, uh, Patriots Super Bowl in 03. And, uh, yeah, Morgan had 23 tackles in that game. Uh, if he hadn't got actually both of them, if they both hadn't had the injuries, I think both of them were trending towards hall of fame. Uh, Dan Morgan just had concussions, uh, which is sad. Same thing that happened with Luke. Um, yeah. you know, which is kind of wild coming from the same position and Beeson just, once he hurt that, I think he hurt his leg or something. He tore his something. Yeah, yeah, he tore yeah. something up on his knee, and he was never quite right right after that and just yeah. kept getting hurt. I remember him and Thomas Davis kept getting hurt over and over yeah. again around the same period it, of time. It was crazy. We had drafted Thomas Davis to replace uh, Beeson because of injuries, and then, you know, Thomas Davis had those three injuries yeah. back to back. Yeah, and, and it, it was just, like, dude, we were snake bitten at linebacker for a minute. But, uh, yeah. yeah, then we drafted Luke, and <laughs> it all worked out. So, yeah. And do y'all remember how many people were mad that we drafted Luke Kickley? Because yeah, the mindset Luke- was, well, we already have John Beeson. Exactly. So why, why are you spending a top 10 pick on a middle linebacker? There was a lot of upset folks that uh, ended up having to eat those words. Yeah, I think it worked out. I think it worked out just uh yeah, <laughs> just fine. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure uh actually a bonus question is Luke Keekley a first ballot Hall of Famer? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think so. I mean, I want it, my heart says yes, but how many seasons he played? Seven? Eight? So look, my opinion on this is of course I think he's deserving of it, but do I think he will get first ballot? To be honest, I'm not very sure with you, man. Yeah. Uh the 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 fact that his career kind of got cut short um, and, and, you know, we made it to a Super Bowl, but the fact that he doesn't have that Super Bowl ring, um, I, I kind of think him and Steve Smith are going to kind of get similar treatment. If they do make it in, it, it's probably going to be on the second or third ballot if they do get in. I would, yeah. I would think maybe Julius Peppers is going to be the only Panther. That's a first ballot hall of famer. Yeah. I, would, I think, I mean, Pep is what fifth and sacks overall or something nuts or fourth or something crazy. Um, yeah. I would think that Pep's going to get in first ballot. And th- have they announced that class? They haven't announced the official not, class. Not right? to my knowledge, I could be wrong, but I don't. I I'm not. You, I'm not sure. I want to say Pep is next year. I want to say so. Uh, and I know Steve Smith yeah. is eligible, but he. I don't. He's not going to be first ballot. There's too many wide receivers in front of him uh, that still haven't gotten in yet. There's a glut of wide receivers that are waiting to get in. But I think eventually Smitty will get in too. Um, yeah. So uh, good stuff there. Um, let's set this one up here. So. Hypothetical. Two minutes mm-hmm. left in the game. The Panthers are down by four. The ball is on the opposing team's 20-yard line. You got to go 80 yards to score. You need a touchdown, not a not a Tom Brady-led field goal to, to, to win this thing. You need a, you need a score. <laughs> you need a touchdown. Who is your quarterback? 2003 Jake DeLome or 2015 Cam Newton? Now, this is a loaded question. It might seem uh it might seem easy on the surface. Do you understand? One of these guys led their team to like six one score wins over the course of their, their season or whatnot. Both of them had like 10, 11 game win streaks during these seasons. It's a little closer than it might seem on the surface. Um, who wants to take a stab at this first? Who are you taking ball? You got to go 80 yards. Who are you taking? You got two minutes. You taking Jake DeLome 2003 
Are you taking 2015 Cam Newton? I'm taking MVP Cam Newton. Um, you know, Cam, 80 yards. I feel like that, you know, that was something he did in his sleep in 2015. You know, I feel like there was a bunch of games. You know, you can look at the Indy game. You can look at the New York game. Yeah, you, know, you can look at, you know, you can, there, there's, if we're looking at just that season in, in general, you know, he was just in a, a complete different bag. You know, he, he could beat you literally on the ground. He, he could take you 40, 50 yards on the ground. He can, he can, he can throw the ball 40, 50 yards to take in. Um, it's no slight to Jake DeLome at all. I think Cam Newton was just a, a different monster in 2015, man. And we that's another argument that we can make. If he just stays healthy for the, you know, for the, you know, for the oh, remainder man. of his career, you know, I feel like that that's a no question first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback there. But um, but yeah, I I I, I love Jake DeLome. You know, I, again, I, I'm I'm very, you know, I, I'm very respectful to you know what he's done to this uh organization. I do think it's it's Cam Newton though. Cody. So just about all my family is from Louisiana. So I I love me some Raging Cajun Jake DeLone, but no nah, man, it's 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 Cameron Jarrell Newton. What are we talking about? Like listen, I will never forget that 2015 game against the Giants where Odell Beckham and Josh Norman had a UFC fight in the middle oh, of the man, yeah, game. Oh man, yeah. And, and, but but dude, we were winning the whole game and then right at the end we let the Giants all the way back and they tied it up, and now there's that famous clip of Cam Newton looking at the scoreboard, turning his head. He said, yeah, I got this. I got this. You're about to do this. And then they proceed to go all the way downfield into field goal range. I'm sorry, man. That 2015 Cam Newton, that's the king of clutch right there, man. Us beating Seattle that year is, in my opinion, top three wins in Panther history. Oh, yeah, because they, they were you a know? roadblock for us for those. Oh, they were yeah. Literally, yeah, we, we couldn't get past the Seattle Panthers. Them, them and the 49ers. Like, it felt mm-hmm. like we lost to the 49ers in the playoffs, and we'd see Seattle yeah. in the regular season, and Russell Wilson would do the Russell Wilson thing where it'd be yeah. third and 15. He starts running all around. He completes it to somebody for 16 yards, gets the first down, and you're just like – why can't they grab this guy? <laughs> like, why can't they just grab him for a second? And then uh, that Seattle game, because it was in Seattle. That was the thing, too. Yeah. It wasn't in Carolina. It was in Seattle. And they needed a score. And uh, Cam hitting that seam route to, to Olsen into the end zone. That's when I was like, okay, this Panther team is a problem. Like, they are. Yeah, different. that's the game where you knew that this mm-hmm. team was for like, real. They were like 6-0 and or something like that when they got Yeah, to- I, I want to say it was like the fifth or fourth game of the season. And remember yeah. that entire year, everyone doubted us. Going into the Thanksgiving game against Dallas, they they had Dallas predicted to win, and they were calling us the worst undefeated team of all time. Oh, yeah, like, we were the worst. The disrespect was <laughs> the disrespect was wild, uh, and, uh, uh, and, and and the fact that we just got to shut everyone up so thoroughly. Yeah, man, that was a good time. I gotta say though, I gotta stand up for my boy Jake. Like Jake, the O three Panthers were different because they weren't as dominant as 2015 Carolina. Like they were winning games and some of them, they had no business winning whatsoever. Like there was so many games in that season that Jake led them down to get in field goal range for uh, John Casey to kick a game winner. Uh, It just, and the way that season started in terms of Rodney Pete was the starting quarterback game one of that season and got benched at halftime for Jake, who's coming in from NFL Europe. So we were already throwing the season away. We were just like, all right, whatever. We don't even know who this dude is. What is this? And and then he comes in and leads them to a victory from behind against Tampa. Game one, it set the tone for the whole season. If it's, ooh, this is tough because I'm like, because if, if you're looking at him just in a bottle for those years, I know everyone's like, 
yeah, Jake had the four interception game. Yeah, Dick had a couple stinkers. Yeah, Jake, that Arizona playoff game in 08 probably still sits in a lot of Panthers' minds as one of the worst games a quarterback has ever played in a Carolina Panther uniform. I think you can find literally in the playoffs, maybe one of the worst performances by a quarterback. I think it it might be. And there's a there's a part, uh, I think NFL Films has it where Steve Smith is sitting beside him on the bench. And he's just like got his arm around him. Like, yeah, he's like, I know you had a bad day, man. You still my boy. (laughs) And it's just like, oh, Jake had a couple of those. Cam's had a couple of those too, though. Cam ain't, you know, I know we call him Superman, but Cam's had a couple stinkers too. Not in 2015. I can't remember. Matter of fact, I think in 2015 he had that damn near perfect game against the uh the commanders. Uh that went through like four touchdowns. He ran for like two, threw for like four hundred, ran for a hundred. Like well, I think the Arizona game, the, the NFC Championship game, it was like, dude, he blasted. You know, they yeah. were a top five defense. They he blasted Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they curb stomped them, and, and then that Seattle game right before it, where we had already yeah. beat them earlier in the year. They had us here, uh, Stu. That's one of Stu's favorite games because, like, we just kind of took off and running with it, uh, and then Russell Wilson tried to bring them back somehow at the end, but uh, we had scored enough on them to to go on. That's a that's an interesting question. Uh, extension to that. 03 offense versus 15 defense and 15 offense versus 03 defense. That's another debate entirely because that 03 offense had Steve Smith, Moose Muhammad, uh, who's running backs. Uh, my mind just went blank. Um, and 03. I, uh, I see Sean Foster. It was Sean Foster. Yeah, Sean Foster. He wasn't a lead back. It was uh, Stephen Davis. Stephen Davis. I was about to say yeah. yeah. Stephen Davis. Stephen Davis. Where is Stephen Davis today? Stephen Davis and uh and Foster in the backfield. That O line anchored by Jordan Gross. Um, they, that's that was a pretty good offense. But the 2015 Carolina Panther defense with Josh Norman and those boys. Josh Norman versus Prom <laughs> Steve Smith. That's yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. That's that's gonna be some furniture moving. Like I, I don't even know how that would play out. Um, and then you got you know Luke in the middle. That would be interesting. That would be interesting because uh, that 03 offense was going up against Dan Morgan every day in practice. You kind of taking it yeah. up another notch with it being Luke Keekley, and then the other side. The 15 offense, it catches a lot of slack, but they were the number one scoring offense in the league that year. Cam Newton, MVP uh, season, receiver-wise, yeah, you got him there. Uh, And also, Kurt Coleman doesn't get enough credit for that 2015 team either, man. Dude, he was snagging balls out the air left and right. Some Uh, bumpers in 2015. Oh, man, we we, we definitely did. Roman Um, Hartley, Peanut Tillman. Listen, I'm, I'm, I'm biased, man. Like, that 2015 team, that was my favorite year of football in the history of my life. So I, I'm, I'm listen. I have no problem saying I'm, I'm ultra biased, but I'm, I'm picking that 2015 defense. And you have Luke Kingsley, and you have Thomas Davis playing their best football. Let's not forget Charles Johnson was still oh, yeah. playing well. We ended up picking Jared Allen down the stretch, and he came in, made some plays yeah. for us. I, I know, man. K1 short, star of the two delay. Man, you might have talked some... me into a Cody. Yeah, oh, we, so. we have, we have so. some dogs <laughs> in that front seven, man. Straight and, up. And looking back on it, it's like at the time, everyone was surprised. But like looking back on it in hindsight, it's like this team had to win some games. Like they had been yeah. getting there. I mean, and I remember the setup because the year before in 2014, it started there. Because remember, that was the year Cam flipped his truck on the highway heading to practice mm-hmm. and had to miss the Tampa yeah. game. Because somehow uh, Derek uh, Derek Anderson ended up starting both those Tampa games that year, and uh, the the week after that came Cam came in, and that's when they went on that streak. They won like the last three or four games 
of the regular season went seven, eight, and one, got in the playoffs, beat Arizona. If I'm not mistaken, that's still a defensive playoff record for yards allowed in a playoff game. Was that game that Carolina did against Arizona that night? Didn't get any credit for it because we were seven, eight, and one. And then, you know, the next week they ended up losing. I think it was to San Francisco, but it set up the following year uh, where everyone just kind of ascended to this different level. I, 2015. Yeah, I think you might have convinced me because that defense on 2015 was pretty loaded. And, I, you know, on it, you know, what's funny, it reminds me of what they're doing this year. Like, they've got young guys at each level that could be Pro Bowl caliber, but they've also brought in vets that have won that are at certain spots, too, that to plug right. in. Like, not old, old dudes, but, like, dudes that have got five, six, seven years of experience underneath their belt, and they've done it on both sides of the ball. And they did that with that 2015 team. Uh Who's the wide receiver? Uh, everybody knows didn't uh, didn't drop that football in the Jericho Cotri. Jericho Cotri. Like they got a bunch of Jericho Cotries. It feels like like Adam Thielen feels like a Jericho Cotri, like to me, like for this team, like in terms of what he'll mean to it, having yeah. that veteran presence there for these young guys to go. I like yeah. it. I like it. Um, and also we signed uh, uh, Roman Harper, who was a former New Orleans Saint. Now we got Von Bell, of another former New Orleans Saint. So yeah, there's too. some. Yeah, there, yeah, so I tell there's some fun parallels. Yeah. We're, uh, now we're missing that we're missing that Luke cuz I mean that's the thing. Luke was the uh, defensive yeah. player of the year, you know, coming yeah. into, you know, he was a defensive rookie of the year <laughs> and then followed that with a defensive player of the year. It so we are missing that and but you know, I believe Brian Burns is close. Maybe not close, but you know, but I think he's a he's a good foundational piece, but yeah, we are missing that Luke Keekly. But we're we're but I, I believe we're we're very We've got the pieces on defense to you know to be a very good defense now, you know, and I, and I agree. We 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 are working with something right now, man. Going going back to that original question, who do you take? Two thousand three, Jake Delhomme or twenty fifteen, Cam Newton? Uh, your boy Slingblade says I got to go, Jake. The two thousand three season opener uh, against Tampa that I mentioned earlier, the division round game against the St. Louis Rams, the double overtime game, which I didn't even mention, uh, and the Super Bowl comeback, which I didn't mention. Uh, Jake's got that on his resume. That the St. Louis game, uh, double overtime. It ended first play of double overtime. He hit Steve Smith middle of the field for like a 60-yard touchdown. And it, it was just like – because even then, we were like – we weren't sure because they beat Dallas the, the week before. actually put it into the Dallas Dynasty with that win uh, the week before pretty much. And then it, that happened, and it was like, oh, we could actually – it was a different ride. Like with 2015, we expected them to get to the Super Bowl after a certain point. You know what I mean? With the 3 team, even though they were the last team undefeated in that season – we still didn't know if they were good enough to get to the Super Bowl. And even when they got to the Super Bowl and they had to play the Patriots, we're like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if we can pull this off. And then that Super Bowl comeback, the Jake DeLome, Musa Muhammad uh, touchdown pass, if I'm not mistaken, it's still the longest touchdown pass in Super Bowl history. Um, and I still vividly can remember after that happened, the camera's on Jake DeLome and he's talking smack to, I think it's like, uh, it's one of the linemen uh, for the Patriots. Uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, it's on the top of my head too. But you can see him like aging. Yeah, I, I can't remember the guy. I know the player. He's just like, oh, you it know, you like it wasn't like, Willie McGinnis, was it? I think it was Willie McGinnis. Yeah, like it was right after Moose had scored on the long one, and then uh, and they basically tied it back up, and then the Patriots were down scored like that whole first and third quarter of that Super Bowl were crazy, um, and yeah. then of course we know what happened in the last two minutes of that game. Um, real quick before yeah. we got here, I'm just going through the the mailbag here. Uh, loads of people checking in for this debut uh, episode. Appreciate everybody coming in and checking us out. We'll be on every Monday live at 10.30 a.m. The audio portion of this will be on the Fans First Sports Network uh, where you get all 
uh, your podcast episodes from. Go rate, subscribe there. Just look up the Keep Pounding Podcast Network. You'll get this show and others that will be dropping later on this week. Uh, just looking to see if there's anything else that we want to touch on before we get out of here today. Um, a lot of people just kind of chiming in. C3 Panthers podcast. Davis has the most single season rushing yards in Panthers history. I, I was not aware of that, actually. That's a pretty good uh, stat there. Uh, some more from then. 2013 defense was better than 2015 defense. That was it, dude. That 2013 defense. 60 sacks. I, I, I was so crushed when we lost to the 49ers in the playoffs, man, because that defense it was 12 and was, 14, wasn't it? That was 12 and 4. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. Uh, who was on that? that deep, I'm trying to think who was on that defensive line. Mike Rucker still? Uh, it was for, uh, well, we had, gosh, what was my man's name? Uh, the, um, Greg Hardy. Oh, was Greg Hardy. Hardy. Yeah, that was the Greg Hardy year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was actually going to say the 2013 defense has a strong argument for our franchise's best defense. We actually, that, I that think. Might be a, I'm going to write that down. That's oh, dude, I, I believe in the NFL, we were like what historically one of the best defenses for a while with the 2013 defense. Yeah, we had 60 sacks. We had one of the better, uh, I think we had the best run defense in football that year. So, yeah, we were. 2013 was, was a scary defense as well. Cam just wasn't the Cam that he was in 2015. And I, yeah, I believe mean, that was that was a big Yeah, Steve Smith was play, still playing decent ball. You know, mm-hmm. it was yeah. like we, he still had Steve Smith. We we had a young Greg Olson. Cam just had to make that next step. Yeah, and it took of course it took two years, but dude, that 2013 defense was different, man. Domo Smith. That 03 defense, though, Jenkins, Pep, Buckner, Rucker. Uh, again, like I said, Dan Morgan was middle linebacker. Uh, uh, what was his name? Um, the cornerback uh, from Ohio State that we had. Oh my God, I can't remember his name right now. Somebody oh, help Chris me. Campbell. Chris, Chris Gamble. Gamble. <laughs> Chris yeah. Gamble. We might have to have a conversation about that. Who's been the best cornerback in Panthers history? Uh, because Chris oh, Campbell wow. held that post for a long time. But you got a couple to choose from. Is it Josh Norman? Because he really only had that one year uh, in 2015 with us. Uh, so uh, I don't know. That's an interesting uh, debate there too. So, um. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll we'll leave it on this one here. CJA says one minute left down four. What quarterback in this class are you wanting? Bryce Young. CJ Stroud. And there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Both of them. Has Bryce Young ever been in a situation like that at Alabama? Yeah. He had to come back? Yeah, against Auburn. Two th- and, uh, his high- oh, don't roll your eyes, Cody. Don't do that, man. <laughs> hey, man, don't feel like I don't know. I've been watching all the film on all these guys, man. I think that both are good in these types of scenarios. I think Bryce had to do it more. But, I mean, when you look at what CJ did in that Georgia game, marching downfield, uh, I think that was big time against the best defense in college football. I think they both have that dog in them, but I love the arm talent of C.J. Stroud. He throws one of the prettiest balls that I've ever seen coming out through the draft, man. I really do think that he's a special thrower of the football. So, yeah, especially to be able to get those chunk plays. Yeah, man, I'm going C.J. I mean, I got convinced with C.J. in that that Georgia game uh in the college football playoff because to me i still feel like ohio state should still be playing <laughs> like to be honest like if the kicker didn't yeah. miss that field goal as the clock strikes midnight on new year's eve which was insane like it literally hit zero as it's missing uh the field goal he hits that they're playing for the national championship and i feel like they probably would have won it so oh they would have won they would have blown tcu out the water oh it yeah wouldn't have, it yeah. wouldn't have even it wouldn't have even been close if, so i felt like ohio state georgia was the national championship to me i'll um, make the argument if bryce has his, his full receiving core 
2021, they beat Georgia. He's a, he he already beat them before. With, you know, yeah. with, with the staff. So, but I could also I could also make the argument that if that Ohio State kicker makes that field goal and they go on to dominate the national championship, we're probably unanimously talking about Stroud as the number one quarterback in this class. That's a if, good point if, too. If both quarterbacks win championships, it's not a unanimous decision. If we're, if we're playing the what if, <laughs> that's, that's also a good point too. See, this is gonna be fun. This is gonna be fun every Monday. We're gonna we're gonna get y'all right for your work week. Every week you can you can sit down at your desk, tell your tell your boss, yeah, 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 I got it, I got it, and then just casually turn this on on YouTube, turn it down on low, watch it for about 30, 40 minutes, and then you know get on with your day. So beautiful, beautiful stuff here. I love it. Thanks so much for everybody that's come in here. Uh, a large crowd is in here now checking out everything. Um, you can see this every Monday, 1030 a.m. live, uh, youtube.com forward slash at Tobacco Road Sports Radio. I think you can get it off of Cody's channel as well. Uh, the audio will be available on all major podcast uh, platforms here shortly. Um, go follow uh, the Fans First Sports Network on Twitter. If I'm not mistaken, let me go get that. Uh, well, first, go follow us on Twitter, uh, the Keep Pounding Podcast Network. It's at at KP Pounding underscore FFSN. Uh, follow the Fans First Sports Network at Fans First SN. Uh, brand new platform, uh, birth from the ashes of what was previously over at SB Nation, uh, a band of uh, hope podcast hosts and content creators that got laid off from over there a couple months back, decided to band together to create this new network. Uh, we appreciate coming on board with them, and we appreciate you guys uh, stopping by with us here on Monday. Make sure you mark us so you can see us next week. Uh, we'll be back with a brand new episode. You've been watching Embrace Debate. See you next Monday. Keep pounding.